Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we inform, inspire, and impact people by highlighting nonprofit organizations who are leading by example and doing great things in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. So I just attended the GLS last week, and so now this topic of leadership is foremost in my mind right now. I think when people think of a leadership position, they tend to think of C-suite professionals, right? The CEOs, the CFOs, the COOs, the presidents, the directors, the managers. But I would say that everyone has an opportunity to position themselves to be a leader. Maybe you're a parent, or maybe you're the oldest sibling. Maybe you're the go-to person in an organization or a club. Maybe you're a coach or a team captain. There are so many opportunities to practice leadership that'll help develop yourself as well as those around you. Today we're gonna talk to a Wisconsin collegiate basketball star who took her leadership skills on the court to the nonprofit world. Welcome to the show today, Ashley Thomas, who is the executive director from the Hope Street Ministry, who cultivates hope in the lives of men, women, and children who are broken physically, emotionally, and spiritually so that they can be set free to live, learn, and develop new habits that help all people flourish. Hope Street Ministry was also named the Nonprofit of the Year, by the way, in 2020. Congratulations to that, and welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm thrilled to be here today. We're excited to hear all about Hope Street Ministry. As I'm sure you're well aware, a full court press is an aggressive defense strategy on the basketball court, right? Mm -hmm. But in business, a full court press is a metaphor for giving an all-out effort to accomplish a task or a goal. Sounds similar to leadership as well, right? So share with our audience your background and how sports or this full court press metaphor and your ability to lead prepared you for the work that you're doing now. Yeah, I joke often and say that my background is in basketball. And honestly, that's just because from the youngest age, I had a ball in my hands at all times. <laughs> um, both my parents played basketball in college. And so I think it was kind of just destined that I would someday play too. Um, but it provided a lot of different opportunities for me to just get to work on a team, to work with others, to learn what it looks like and means to be a leader. And I think one of the things really early on that I learned about being a leader is that you have to be able to be a good follower, too. Mm. And just this whole idea of being a lifelong learner. And so where you get placed in situations, there's still always people you can learn from and there's ways that you can continue to grow. It really taught me the importance of being a part of a team and really coming together and caring about a mission with others to make others better. Mm, wonderful. And and I'm so happy that you took your skill to Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. Go Badgers. <laughs> yay, yay. My daughter graduated in 2016, so uh, we're, we're big Badger fans. So I imagine that this work that you do at Hope Street Ministry is so meaningful to you because you talk about all different things that speak to that. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so I will say the work at Hope Street is most meaningful to me because my family experienced situations where we would have probably benefited from living at a Hope Street for a period of time. And so for me, the important thing is that when people walk through our doors, that they're met with people that are reminding them of their status um, as beloved and mm -hmm. just that they have this inherent dignity. Um, we talk a lot about Imago Dei, meaning just this inherent God-given gift 
that each human being has. And people don't want to find themselves in the situations that they're often in. Uh, and so it's not trying to come at people with, you know, well, you should have done this. Most people already know I've done these things wrong and this is what's led me to this position. But I want to know that there's a way out. Mm-hmm. I want to know that there is hope. I want to know that someone is willing to meet me right where I'm at and still choose to love me and be with me as I take these next steps forward. Mm. Uh, your website mentions that Hope Street is the greenhouse for people on 26 and Capitol. What what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just love that metaphor. It's not just a cute tagline, although, you know, because we often say it. But really, it's if you think about a greenhouse, and I don't have a green thumb at all, <laughs> but a greenhouse is a protected environment, a protected space. And oftentimes, there's two different kinds of greenhouses. There's the one that has the little seedlings, and you start from that point, and you grow the plants to a certain point, and then they get planted in people's yards or in their home or wherever they choose to put them. And then There's the other kind of greenhouse that maybe plants haven't been doing so well in the environment that they're in. And so they're, quote unquote, broken. Mm. And so they need to be back in a safe environment and get the appropriate amount of water and sun and nutrients and care. And that's what Hope Street is. Um, We acknowledge and realize that people have fallen on hard times. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Uh, Maybe somebody has struggled with some sort of substance abuse or experienced some sort of trauma Allowing people to come inside of a protected environment, a greenhouse, not for plants, (laughs) but for people where they can begin to live, learn and develop some new habits, as you mentioned in the beginning, that allow people to flourish. What does Mm. it really look like to thrive, not merely survive, Right. Um, which is oftentimes the mode people are coming to us in. And so it's just giving people that space where they can just slow down and kind of begin to look at what are some things I need to unlearn as well as relearn that will help me begin to grow and flourish. Mm, So important. I heard you say in an interview that nobody can take anybody's dignity or give someone dignity, but we can help restore that which has been broken. Wonderful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. How would you say the people you serve find healing at Hope Street? Yeah, I would say the number one way is that people walk inside of our space and they're like immediately met with this beautiful space. Our number one goal and rule is that it doesn't matter who walks through our doors, that you could live there, that you would want to live there. It's not just good enough, but it's the very best that we can provide because our father does that same thing to us. Mm. And so oftentimes people are reminded of that. We talk a lot about remembering and reminding people of what is true because it becomes really easy to hear the lies, right? Especially when we've made mistakes Um, It's those things are the things we carry around with us. And so instead, it's just kind of breaking down some of those lies and reminding people that you are worthy. You are loved. There is a potential for forgiveness. There is an opportunity for healing and there's an opportunity for a new way. Mm. And so that's first provided for people in the space that we provide, that it feels like home because that's what it is. We have 50 people that live there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then through our classes that we offer and through interactions and relationships with volunteers and staff members, uh, we can begin to show people that um, there are others that want to be in relationship with you. Mm. And I love that because it's it's also telling them that they are seen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, we see you. Mm-hmm. Our Father sees you. Yeah. You know, it's it's important message. I think that also speaks to your values to cultivate hope and mm-hmm. to protect and build community, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as we were just saying, like one of those key phrases that we talk often about is you can be known and loved still. And that just falls right with that. Like, I see you. I see you completely for who you are, but I'm still choosing to love you because that's Mm -hmm. what God does. 
Mm. Um, and so, yes, our value propositions, which are cultivate hope, build community, and protect, um, that protect kind of falls right in line with the greenhouse for people metaphor in that we have a safe, protected environment. Um, people have to feel safe in order to know that they can grow. And cultivate hope is often disrupting those lies or disrupting things that maybe we've believed for a long time to be true. And now it's kind of we need to dig up the dirt, so to speak, <laughs> um, in order to make way and prepare for new life to be planted. And then that build community component, which is huge. Often people have found themselves in situations they're in because they've been isolated. And so it's recreating an opportunity for people to see that it's possible to be in community wants to do life with you. And so that's huge. We do a lot of events. We have a lot of come around a table and eat a meal. Um, we, if it's a single adult, they have a roommate. So again, it's just kind of learning, like, what does it look like for me to live life well along with other people? And education's a piece of that too, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we, um, have lots of classes. We take a very holistic approach to people's well-being. Um, so we have lots of different things that we offer at Hope Street, um, and the physical, mental, spiritual, intellectual categories, and just allowing people to, again, unlearn bad habits, relearn, or maybe learn anew Mm -hmm. some new habits Mm. well leaders talk about education as being the great equalizer right you've probably Mm -hmm. heard that before and a big part of that is educating yourself as a leader but another big part of that is to educate others around you so that they too can rise up as a leader using one's bench strength if you will is another sports metaphor used in the business world that kind of speaks to that idea so stay tuned as ashley explains how hope street ministry is calling on their bench strength to accomplish their goals we'll be right back after commercial break thanks for tuning in this is eig milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host jill economo on news talk 1130 wisn Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Ashley Thomas, Executive Director from the Hope Street Ministry. So we're talking about this idea of leadership and how you can grow others around you so that they too can rise to the leadership challenge. Some people may not know, but I grew up a major tomboy and enjoyed playing many different sports as my children have. And that's why I love these sports metaphors and how they relate to business. So Using one's bench strength relates to using the strengths and skills of others on your team and having them move into positions of greater leadership and responsibility. So how have you done this, Ashley, at Hope Street Ministry? Yeah, I think I've been able to do this because it was done with me. Um, I think back to when I first started at Hope Street, I, you know, coming out of college, basketball was the only job I ever had. I never had any other experience. And so people were really taking a chance on me and knowing exactly what I was going to do. And so I had this opportunity to continually do things that I had never done before. And I had people that were willing to teach me and answer the questions that I asked often. (laughs) And so I really early on learned the benefit of that and really valued that. And so I knew I wanted to be a leader that would allow others to um, ask questions and be able to do things maybe too soon. And so for me, becoming the executive director at 26, which in many ways in my mind, was too soon. They I had, saw something in you, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And had given me the opportunities to learn and know what to do. It just was kind of a little bit scary at times. And so when I became the director, I wanted to find people around me that I knew I could equip and empower and encourage to do what I had been given the opportunity to do. Mm. And so... If you look at my team's roster, there's a couple of things that are pretty common. One, we're mostly women. And two, we're all about under the age of 30. Oh, okay. And um, that 
wasn't necessarily intentional on the front end, but what has it's what has happened. And the thing that I've just loved is that there's been so much that I can learn from the generation below me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always said, like, it's just so important to always be a lifelong lear- learner. And so Kendall, who um, is actually our assistant executive director on staff, came to us from UW-Madison as well. <laughs> I've learned so much from her. And the, just the degree that she had from UW-Madison um, and what she's been able to bring to the table. And so I think the key thing in being a good leader and how we've used our strength at Hope Street has been giving people opportunities to try and fail. Mm. Um, and know that as they do that, that it's a team effort. So it's not like, oh, you tried that and you failed that and now that's that's just on you. That's like, then okay, we collectively need to regroup and readjust and make some new changes. In the same breath, then that means when we succeed, so when we get to celebrate something, then we also get to do that as a team as well. And so um, all of the ladies that are on my team have brought different strengths, have brought a willingness to show up and try new things, as well as to keep their ear close enough to the ground to listen to our community too. And I think that's the huge thing is like our members have a voice in what we do at Hope Street. We don't have all of the answers. We want to give voice to people and allow people to speak to what those needs are. Mm. And I think that's so important to help developing leaders understand that failing is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, there's a great book by John Maxwell called Failing Mm -hmm. Forward, but it talks about this whole idea of failure is, is, is a good thing Mm -hmm. because you learn from it and you move, you move forward. So that's all good. Let's explore this idea of growth a little bit more at Hope Street Ministry and how you're engaging with the community. So you have a new project that's actually going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, so the new project that we are doing is called Shechem, and it's directly to the east of where Hope Street currently is. And it has been a long dream and vision, (laughs) like six years in coming, and we actually have begun construction as we speak. Um, And so we're just thrilled and super excited to be in this season where, again, we've been able to listen to the community and hear what those needs are and be able to meet them alongside of them. And so um, we're just super excited. I bet. Well, where does the name come from? So the name Shechem simply means refuge. It came out of kind of a couple of the director at the time and I were both reading a a book um, and it kept popping up and it comes out of John chapter four, um, where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And for us, that was significant because there was a lot of mess in her background, but it didn't keep her from being in relationship with Jesus. And that's what Hope Street really is about, that it doesn't matter what our backgrounds look like. And that doesn't matter if that's a volunteer, a staff member or somebody that's living or trying to come into Shechem. We all come with our mess, and we all have what we call that well moment, that moment where we're face-to-face with someone that can remind us of our value and our worth and that we have an opportunity to go a new way. And we all have messes, right? Yep. You know, and if again, you can learn from that, understand that everybody has something, mm-hmm. and then turn your eyes to the positive yep. and focus on that because if you look, you will find it, yep. right? So what types of things are you going to offer at Shechem? Yeah. Tell us about that because it's exciting. So there's for sure a basketball court. <laughs> and then we'll have a bunch of classroom and event spaces available for the community. So many of the classes that we've been able to offer inside of Hope Street will now be open to the greater community. And then we also will have a cafe and an outdoor courtyard space, a resource center. Um, and again, all of these spaces are a way for our community that has lived at Hope Street to kind of go on an off-ramp to be able to support and invest in the community that they've come from, as well as inviting the outside community that maybe hasn't lived at Hope Street but wants to or is wanting to experience what we can offer. Okay, so once this building is complete, it's obviously going to be available to the residents of Hope Street Ministry. Mm -hmm. And then 
the immediate neighborhood or can people come from outside of the neighborhood to participate in all the great things going on there? Yeah, that's a great question. It's for everyone. We say and we say that same thing about Hope Street too. Hope Street is for everyone. I think one of the greatest gifts for me has been being able to be somewhat of a bridge between the suburbs and the city. Um, Shechem and Hope Street are both located on 26th and Capitol, and it's not a place that most people are frequenting or even wanting to go to. And yet we've just found that the relationships and the um, ability to find healing that's ha- that happens there is literally beneficial for everyone. And so we want to just continue to create an environment and it's a space where people feel safe to sit across from the table from someone that maybe they normally wouldn't and yet realize that again, going back to that leadership thing, there's something that you have to give to someone else, but in that same breath that you're able to also receive from that person. Going back Mm -hmm. to John 4 where Jesus like literally receives a cup of water from the Samaritan woman. He didn't need that. He didn't need her to get that for him. And yet he was humble and willing to learn and receive from her. And so that's what we really want to reflect and do at Shechem and continue to do at Hope Street. (laughs) And you do very well, obviously, as we've seen, and being the recipient of different grants and uh, uh, accolades. That's wonderful. I'm just curious because when I go into places that others may view as dangerous, Mm -hmm. let's just say that, I'm asked, you know, were you afraid? Did you um, ever think, and actually I've taken my children to places to serve and not the best parts of town, but I was never afraid. I just, because I wanted to do this and I wanted to expose my children. Were you ever afraid to do what you do or to go where you need to go? In short, no. Um, I initially was afraid because people were afraid for me and I didn't have enough context. But once I, as I've gone down there now over seven years every day walking in there, um, my family is there. My people are there. I'm, I'm not afraid And I also believe that God equips you and gives you the strength that you need to go where he's asked you to go. Very well said. We never can get to everything that we want to talk about, but I often say that we're just planting that mustard seed, right, so that people can uh, be aware of your organization and what the great work that you're doing. How can people get plugged in to Hope Street? You can Google us at Hope Street Ministry, or you can find us on social media. We have a pretty good following on there, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And get information about what it is that we're doing. So you've heard a little bit today. There's a lot more resources that you can find on our website to learn more. Okay. Well, what final words do you want to leave with our audience today? We talked about a lot of different things just from a 30,000 foot view, if you will. But what, what do you really want to make sure listeners get from this interview? So I think it goes back to just that last question that you asked me in terms of were you afraid or, and you know, why, if you were, um, and for me, it was because of this narrative that others had created surrounding 26 and Capitol and even just inner city Milwaukee. And so I guess I would just leave people with, um, Find good stories happening in inner city Milwaukee because that benefits us if you're sharing those stories. It doesn't do good to continue to talk about all of the bad, and we can find that very easily. But God is on the move, and good things are happening. And so we'd love for you to join us if that means at Hope Street, but there are other phenomenal nonprofits and organizations in the city Find out what they're doing. If you don't want to go there, that's okay, but know what they're doing and share that with your friends and your family so that our city can begin to be known for other things besides just the bad. Absolutely. Again, very well said. And I think this show is a great way for people to to do that. You know, with over 54,000 nonprofits in the state of Wisconsin, depending on how you define that, obviously, um, there's a lot of good being done here. And I love how you say God is on the move, and he is. And if you have a particular passion to serve 
uh, a specific population or a cause. Mm-hmm. Listen to the show and listen to all these great nonprofits that are out there, boots on the ground, doing this great work. And Hope Street Ministry is just one of them. So thank you for being here today. Give us one more time uh, contact information, best way to reach you. Yep. So Hope Street Ministry, you can Google that or you can look for us on social media at Greenhouse for People. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for being here, Ashley Thomas from the Hope Street Ministry. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. You're welcome. (laughs) So we talked about organizations using their leadership skills and their bench strength to grow others around them and create this win-win scenario. Our next guest is from an organization that Ashley is very familiar with because she's a board member. Uh, You'll learn more about this organization and how they blend the strength and discipline of sports with strength and discipline of relationship. But relationship with who? Well, stay tuned, and you'll learn more about that when we return. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. Well, we've been talking a lot about sports metaphors and how they relate to business. In the next segment, we're going to talk about how sports and the discipline and strength it requires relates to relationships. My next guest is Ralph Muro, who is the area representative for Milwaukee Metro Area of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or FCA, whose mission is to lead every coach and athlete into growing relationships. Welcome to the show today, Ralph. Thanks, Jill. It's really good to be here. I'm always excited to talk about FCA and help people to understand what we do. Well, we're excited to hear. So people may be familiar with FCA. Uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and they may erroneously think it's all about development of the athlete in their respective sport. That isn't part of it, of course, and we'll learn more about that in a minute. But can you start out by sharing your story with how you got involved with FCA? Yeah, I've been an athlete my whole life, especially as a young man growing up. Uh, Sports was the most important thing in my life. In high school, I lettered in four sports. And between my junior and senior year in high school, two of my high school coaches challenged me to go to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes sports camp in Minnesota. And I went to that camp wanting to improve my sport. And when I got there, you know, wasn't intimidated by the Christian label on the camp because I had been a churchgoer and I, I considered myself a Christian. But I got to that camp and I heard coaches and athletes that I admired and looked up to talking about having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I had never really heard that. I believed in God um, at that camp. I made a decision to trust Christ in my life and, and follow him. Without really knowing it, it really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, came back, finished my high school career, went on to college, played all four of those sports in college with varying success in all four, <laughs> um, but got a business degree and um, went into business. And shortly into my business career in retail management, I was invited to join a Christian basketball team that was going to be touring in Africa on a missions trip. We were going to be there for eight weeks. And so I went on that trip. And um, on that trip, I, I, I saw God use my basketball skills and open doors just because I was a basketball player in ways that I had never seen before. And it started, just got me asking questions um, like, well, why don't American churches use sports to reach into a sports-crazed society like the USA? And so came back from that trip asking that question, and God kind of prompted me 
to pursue it further, I ended up kind of leaving or putting my business career on pause, and I went out to California and went to seminary and got my Master of Divinity degree with a pastoral major and sports ministry emphasis, came back to Wisconsin, couldn't land a job immediately, so I began coaching at Brookfield Central um, in their boys' basketball program, and I'm still coaching there today oh, in that wow. program. Okay. But shortly after starting that, I was given the opportunity to step into a pastoral position at Elmbrook Church as their first sports ministry pastor. So I did that for 18 years, and the opportunity with FCA opened up. And so 15 years ago, I stepped into the position that I'm, that I'm in right now as area rep. And I think the thing that keeps me going every day and motivates me every day is that I, in my mind, I mean, I know God can get a hold of us in a lot of different ways. But in my finite mind, if God wouldn't have gotten a hold of me in, 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 through a sports ministry back when I was a, a young athlete focused only on sport in my life, he never would have gotten me. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of young athletes just like me that are so focused on their sport that they might be missing out on a relationship with God. That's awesome. Awesome story. Tell us more now about FCA and how it began and and about its mission so people get a better understanding in case they're not familiar. Sure. Well, FCA actually started back in 1954. It was started by a coach, a basketball coach, Don McLennan, who was coaching at Eastern Oklahoma State College. And he got this idea. He was watching television commercials where athletes were promoting shaving cream and toothpaste and cereal. And he started wondering why why can't athletes use their platform to promote a relationship with God? And so he started collecting, anytime he heard, heard an athlete talk about it, their faith, he, he took clippings and stuck them in a drawer. Up, he didn't know what he was doing exactly, but it led to him basically reaching out to those people that he was clipping and asking them if they would be interested in kind of getting together in a fellowship, thus the fellowship of Christian athletes, and just talking about how could they use their platform and sport to promote Christ. And so FCA's vision statement is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of athletes and coaches. And so that leads into our mission uh, where we want to lead every coach and every athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and then also help them in their sports career uh, along the way as well. So does FCA focus more on reaching coaches or the teams or the athletes, a combination thereof? What, where's the focus? Well, our focus is definitely on coaches, but we do reach teams and athletes. Um, FCA's sort of strategy is to do their ministry to and through the coach. Again, really understanding that coaches are, are, are the real influencers. We, we really believe in what the statistics say, that coaches are some of the most influential people in the lives of adolescents today. And, and Good and bad. Yeah, good right? and bad. Yeah, and, you know, in yeah. my own life, I had coaches that were really good for me, and then there were some that were really harmful to my emotional health a- as a young man. And so, you know, we see that as being so, so important. And so we really, we really focus on the coach. It's not only to coaches, but in all things we consider the coach. Mm. And I think that's my experience as well. I've had coaches, good and bad. And so when I was coaching my girls with basketball, softball, volleyball, I really wanted to set that positive tone mm. for girls. Um, 
you know, not everybody would believe me, but I think coaching a girl is different than coaching a boy. And, oh, absolutely. you know, there are certain things that, that girls struggle with that maybe boys don't. And so to have, so I guess my point is if you're, if you're a female athlete, um, maybe step into that coaching role and, yes. you know, step up to become a leader and then get further uh, opportunities to develop that your relationship with God and bring those kind of together would be optimal, right? Do you focus on a particular level of athletics, like youth sports or club, high school, college, or pro? Yeah, FCA has always been school-centric, if you will. So high schools and universities. Down south, it's more universities, probably. Uh, here in the Midwest, it's been more high school and then sli- kind of sliding down to middle schools in the last couple of years. But we've also been paying attention as a ministry, realizing that the the culture of sport is kind of shifting away from school-centric sports to club sports, Mm -hmm. AAU, um, all the select teams, those kind of things. So FCA is actually in a transition right now to try to kind of turn our attention so that we would be producing resources that are also effective in those in those other areas, the club areas, and so that means we're going to be going down to younger ages because the the club sports are getting younger and younger, and with the years as they go by. So yeah, well, give us an idea of of what you do. You know, kind of walk us through a scenario for someone who's coming into uh, FCA for the first time. Well, FCA, you know, like I said, is school centric. So. What I do is I'm a resource to anybody that wants to get an FCA group started in their school. And an FCA group, we call them huddles. It's really like a, a youth group in the school. Uh, with and it's you know it's it's centered to the athletes or focused on the athletes, but it's really open to anyone, any student that wants to be involved in it. And so what I do is I work to find the volunteers. Usually schools require an adult advisor in order for it to be a, an organized, recognized club at the school. But in order for FCA to be actually legal, it needs to be student-initiated and student-led. Once that adult is found, we then together try to go find those students that will be willing to step in and become the student leaders. And so a lot of what I do in terms of getting those groups started is is finding those volunteers and then helping them find the the student leaders that are going to actually be running the the club. Mm. There's that topic of leadership again. I love how that plays into it. They say that the best leaders obsess about empowering other leaders and that you may have to endure some challenge and chaos along the way, Mm. right? What are some of the challenges or obstacles that you face reaching coaches and athletes in the schools? Yeah, you know, I think in terms of reaching the coaches, the biggest obstacle is really busyness on the coaches' part. It used to be that coaches had an off-season, but there is no off-season anymore. Every coach is working year-round. And so a lot of times just their busyness would have them not so excited about stepping into doing anything else, you know, whatever. So, so I have to work hard to convince them that I can be a resource to them to help them in their coaching and then once that starts happening, then if God prompts them, they might get involved in further ministry, or they may not, but they certainly will be a better coach. As far as other volunteers, sometimes they're a little bit hesitant because there are some administrations that are really, I don't know how to say it except to say they're, they're, they have a fear of the whole separation of church and state issue. And so even though FCA, if it's done right, is legal, totally legal, there are some that just don't want to even touch it. You know, in fact, I had one coach who was willing to be the faculty advisor at his school, 
And then he heard from a couple other colleagues, you don't want to do that because that'll be a career ender. You'll never get another job if that's on your resume. And so now he, to his credit, he went ahead and did it anyhow. But we had to talk that through and, you know, make sure that he was doing it so that it was totally legal and then it wouldn't be a career ender. But there are many out there that misunderstand and think that, oh, I can't do this because it's a violation of the separation of church and state. Mm, well, kudos to that that coach that yeah. stepped up because I think, you know, the, the coaches, the athletes need that direction. You know, oh, gone are the days. Absolutely. I think you're roughly my age. Gone are the days where we participated in all four sports. You know, we could go from basketball to softball. Now, I know for my kids, it wasn't a season of a sport because if you wanted to rise to that next level, you were getting involved in the select sports. Absolutely. You yes. had to go to the training camps. You had to do all this extra stuff in order to get to the top of your game. And so, it's so important that kids put things in perspective, and yeah. it's so awesome that that a good coach can come alongside them and direct them and guide them in the areas that they need it. So yeah. I would say if anybody's concerned or questioning it, just gain more information. That's yes. like anything, right? Yeah, you right. know, get right. more information yeah. so that you can make a, a logical decision. But um, well, we like to be sure that we inform our audience, we inspire our audience, and we impact our audience. And in order to do that, it really helps us to understand how these nonprofit organizations are having an impact. So stay tuned, and we're going to hear more about that when we return. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this last segment with Ralph Muro from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or FCA. Okay, Ralph, so we understand that FCA is not only about religion, quote-unquote, but it, it's so much more about relationship. Yes. You know, relationships between coaches and athletes, but more importantly, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So give us an idea of how FCA is making an impact through developing these relationships. I have dozens and dozens of stories. Many of them are just the regular daily interactions that one student has with another. Being involved with FCA sometimes opens the door for discussions about faith with fellow students that they never would have had if they didn't even, you know, try to invite them to FCA or whatever. There's some more dramatic stories. One of them was there was a, a tragic death of a young athlete at one of the high schools that we had a group at, and the administration actually asked me to come in and, and before school talk about the whole concept of death and dying and faith. And I could do that because it was before school hours. But as soon as the school bell rang, the administration realized that they needed to have some of the students go back to school, into their classrooms, but they also needed to give some that were still grieving the opportunity to grieve appropriately. So they isolated them in the gym and told them they could stay as long as they needed to, to before they went to class. And then they came to me and they said, do you have a couple of FCA students that could stay here with them and pray mm -hmm. with them and listen to them and, and be with them? And then, they, and then they were quick to say, you can't do that and we can't do that, but the students can. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I had the, the, the joy of watching five or six of our student um, leaders from FCA in that, in that school step in and, and minister to their classmates at a really, really important time. We had another dramatic one, uh, a runner from 
a school in the northern part of our region who was involved in a tragic car accident. One car accident, she flipped her car three times but walked away from it without serious injury. Um, to her ad- admission, she had only been a sporadic attender of FCA, and she sort of was kind of turning her back on God and her faith. And when that accident happened, just by the destruction of the car and some of the other circumstances, she was convinced that God had a hand in protecting her. And so she came out of that and said, I'm going to be more committed. I want to become a leader of FCA. I want to make sure that other kids aren't turning their back because, you know, God is there and God is real. And, and then so she just became a dynamic leader in that group. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we see that happening over and over and over again. Mm, that's so awesome. And uh, these huddle groups lend themselves to an ability for all these students to come together and develop that leadership so they yes. then can go out and speak into these other kids, their yes, peers. Absolutely. It's it's yes. wonderful. And that lends itself to leaders in our community and in, in mm-hmm. all different areas as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, You know, it's amazing to me as I've, uh, you know, part of my job is we're faith finance, so I have to raise funds for the ministry to happen. And, and so I'm meeting with business leaders around the state oftentimes just to share our vision and what we're doing. And it's been amazing to me how many of them have an FCA story that mm. when they were in high school or when they were in college or they went to an event and, and the FCA made an impact on them. And because of that, many of the, the people that are supporting the ministry have a, an FCA story in their background. And so um, we realize that, you know, even though we might not see it, I might not see it in my lifetime, but some of these students that are involved in FCA might become the leaders in coming years. And so that's always, you know, really exciting to see just the, the, the ripple effect, if you will, of the ministry happening throughout the community, and not just the sports community, but even into the business community and, and, and other places as well. For sure, for sure. And that makes me think of this idea of, of legacy, leaving mm-hmm. a legacy, you know, for your immediate family, your friends, and your community. You know, legacy is is so important, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, but most importantly, from a relationship standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. relationship with people in your immediate circle of influence, but also others outside your circle of influence and growing your faith walk through relationship as well. Again, I mentioned that I just attended the GLS and just came away with some awesome things to kind of camp on. Like, you know, they say uh, leave a legacy every time you enter and leave a room, mm, which yeah. is is so good as for everyone, but think yeah. about that from our young kids, you know, and, and teaching them where they should keep their mind and their focus. And another thing was we weren't created to fit in. We were created to stand out. Mm. And so you talk about the challenges in the schools, you know, so many young kids want to fit in, but we're not called to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we're called to stand out. And how can you do that by, you know, exercising your faith and not being afraid to talk to others about it and, yeah. and again, leave a legacy in your circle of influence. So yeah. uh, all great stuff that we're talking about today. Yeah. How can people connect with and support FCA, Ralph? Well, best way is to just go to the website, wisconsinfca.org, and there's ways that you, that you can find out how to connect with me, reach out, you know, ask questions, uh, meet with me, we can talk. That's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Um, you know, we, we are understaffed here in the metro Milwaukee area. FCA knows that. They're, they're trying to uh, recruit and find staff 
for the area. But for in the meantime, it's just me. So you reach out to me. I, I will get back in touch with you because this ministry really happens because of the volunteers that are involved, not because of what I do. I just get to pour into others and then just watch the ministry flow through them. So go to that website, get in touch with me, and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Okay. And I think it's important that FCA is a national Yes. Organization. And so you may be listening to this uh, because it's available on demand. So if you have an internet connection, you can listen wherever you are. You may be listening to this in a different state. And so Ralph just represents Metro Milwaukee, but these great things are going on all over the country. And and that's important for people to understand. So can you give us just one more time the contact information, just in case people want to grab a pen and write that down? Yes, for this area in Wisconsin, just wisconsinfca.org. If you're in somewhere else, just go to fca.org and you would get on the national website. But in our area, wisconsinfca.org, look for Metro Milwaukee. That'll get you in touch with me. Awesome. Well, I want to thank my guests today, Ashley Thomas from the Hope Street Ministry and you, Ralph Murrell, from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Thank you both for sharing how your love of God has brought you to your personal mission fields and your places of impact. Um, Thanks for participating in our show today. Well, thank you, Jill. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community safe, healthy, and others-focused. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can also listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. Visit our website at ellenbecker.com, and you can listen to previously aired shows. And as I mentioned before, we're also available on demand on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So no excuse for not being able to listen. If you have an Internet connection, you can find uh, find a show and, and take a listen. So think about your own leadership style and how you can learn and grow in that area, but also think about how you might use your leadership to help others develop theirs. Think about how you can grow your relationships in such a way that it yields maximum impact. Figure out how you can leave a legacy whenever you enter and leave a room. And think about how you can be an impact player like Ashley Thomas or any of the other impact players that Ralph talked about today. Figure out how to serve a higher agenda versus a self-serving one. It's a great way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.